marching bands, monkeys, and lesbians. This is TFG Unbuttoned. It's the Focus Group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash, an off-the-cuff take on politics, pop culture, and current events. Hello, everybody. Tim Bennett here with my good friend and co-host, Mr. John T. Nash. We are TFG Unbuttoned. It's your Tuesday podcast, 20 minutes of three stories that caught John's and my eyes. So uh, be sure to find us at focusgroupradio.com. All of our media is housed there, including our live show, which is Wednesdays at 1 p.m. East, called The Focus Group with Tim Bennett and John Nash. And you can find uh, us on all our social media, which is also uh, labeled Focus Group Radio. We want to give a special shout out to our friends at Critics' Choice Video. Now's the time of year where you want to catch up on either gift giving or treat yourself. So head over to focusgroupradio.com, click on the Critics' Choice Video logo, and start shopping away. If not for them, we would not be with you each week. So we really appreciate their support and your support of them. So hello, Mr. Nash. <laughs> Good morning. And uh, we're post-Turkey Day. And uh, you could have been describing um, a holiday tradition, frankly, when you opened up the show. <laughs> the marching bands, monkeys, and lesbians. That's the only one that might not have fit that category. But uh, you could have been describing the yearly Wizard of Oz broadcast from when we were kids, right? Oh, that's funny. I didn't even think about that. And and I, I do, you know, marching bands, we are going to do a story about a marching band, but... Uh, well, I'll get to it when we do the story, but is, yeah, I think they kind of all go together. <laughs> Pageantry, music, and fun. Yeah, there right. we go. Fun, fun and frolic. Did, did you now, enjoy your, your uh, did you do any cyber shopping or Black Friday shopping last week or this week? I, I, did a, I did a few things for me because there were some sales on some items that I just don't like paying full price for. <laughs> um, and then, you know, we've we're all like at that point where we really don't do gifting anymore. Um, you know, so it's a pretty easy slide into the holidays for me. Um, a couple of gift cards for the nieces and, uh, you know, some stuff for some, some local friends, but it's pretty, it's going to be, I'll just say that Thanksgiving was a relaxing holiday as much as it could be given that every broadcast you turned on was warning that we were all creating a, bigger surge. And I'm sure that's the case for, for many of the millions of people who traveled by air. Um, or maybe we'll all be surprised in a few weeks and, and the surge that we're having right now is the surge and it's not going to be a double surge or something like that. But, um, it was a good, it was a good day, but you couldn't escape the fact that it was different, right? Yeah, it was very much so different. And I think, uh, I will say the media has, media has also hyped it up too. I mean, there was, you have to turn it off. And I was talking to a couple of friends of mine whose parents have been, and my parents included, have been sucked into all media all the time. And, and if that's all you listen to, you'll go crazy. You know, the, the end of the world is near. So I, I think you need to uh, take a walk or try to do something. But as the weather gets colder here and people are more inside, um, hopefully the vaccine comes sooner rather than later. Well, you can't count on it, but you can count on, I mean, we know it's going to get here, but you, I think you can count on best practices. Best practices. Keep your hands clean, which is a, washing your hands during cold and flu season was always a smart idea, right? Yeah. And in this, now you add a mask on whenever you're outdoors or you're near people and uh, try to stay six feet apart and don't be in a room with no airflow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and, and, and there's a bunch of other rules too. I'm simplifying and I don't mean to denigrate it at all, but it really is a couple of basic things, right? Yeah. Well, keep, yes, <laughs> just keep your distance and, and, and make sure you sanitize and keep clean. Don't touch yeah. your face. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. 
I, we did get we did get tested before Thanksgiving, though. And I will just say that for all the stuff you see on TV, go get tested. It doesn't matter if you have symptoms or not. We, every, we, everybody needs to get tested. It ain't that easy. No. And when you're there and they announce that the results are possibly five to seven days away, you realize it's almost a waste of time. Because by the time you get the results, it's a snapshot of a time that occurred five or seven days ago. And we, I had the one where they do the all the way back and then back of your nose. Oh, you it did? doesn't hurt. Yeah, they had the PCR test. What did, and, what did uh, you think of that? Because a lot of people say it's very uncomfortable. Oh, it tickles and it makes your eyes water. Oof, and, I don't um, like that. It, and I mean, it really, and she really got back there. And um, we had the results in two days. We were fine. We were negative. But um, it was a fascinating experience. And then they ask you at the, because like, we did it at a clinic. And they're like, why are you here? We're like, we're getting tested. Uh, do you think, do, do you need to be tested? Well, the TV says I should be. <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? It's like you said, it's 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 a point in time. And who, who's to know, you could have walked out of there and somebody coughed. And the next thing you know, you're, yeah, yeah. So, hey, we get, so we have uh, three stories uh, we want to share with you this week. The first one, the headline is, an LGBTQ marching band performs during the Thanksgiving Day Parade for the first time in history. Now, did you watch the Macy's Day Parade this year? We did. Um, or I should actually say we tried to. Uh, when I realized, because I said to Bob at one point, was this like, because it rained in New York City in the morning right. on Thanksgiving and it cleared up. But when you were watching the parade, they were all performing on, you know, perfectly dry blacktop in front of Macy's. And so I said, was this pre? Oh yeah. Yeah. Whole sections of it were pre-recorded. There were a few people down near Macy's to watch some of the balloons and I, it was a really restricted crowd. So it didn't have the same, I, I've always, we've watched it as a tradition, but it's just one big rolling commercial anyway. Right. <laughs> this year was a little different. So it was, it was different. And I get a little tired of all the Broadway productions, quite frankly, and, and, and all the, the Broadway singing or the lip syncing, I should say that, you know, they stop in front of Macy's and lip sync some, some show tune, which is why I laughed about this lesbian and gay band being uh, the Apple Corps band saying it was one of the first queer bands in the country, but also the first time. An LGBTQ marching band is part uh, partaken in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, and I laughed because I thought, "Isn't a marching band gay in itself?" But the um, along with along with all the Broadway that comes in there, right? Really, you're gonna make, yeah. you're gonna make a big deal about this. <laughs> so, but the, the band's been around for 41 years, and the interesting part is they said they have tried to apply many years to be part of the parade, and were denied because they said they weren't big enough. Now they got 250 members. So I, I don't know. To me, I think that's pretty big. But one of the issues this year, as you mentioned, because of the event, um, they only wanted to have or they felt they were not going to didn't want to have bands travel because usually people come from all over the country to be to be in the parade bands from California, Hawaii, so forth, so on. So this year they decided to just keep it to the tri-state area, meaning New York, Connecticut, New Jersey. And so it allowed the opportunity for this band to participate. And uh, I saw them when they came on. And, uh, and then I laughed because I, you know, part of me was cynical and I thought, of course they did. So John, what song did they play? What did they play? I was just staring here. <laughs> oh, no, I'm done. Dancing Queen? Yes. <laughs> well, at least they, at least they, they provided kept, kept a... On, they kept on stereotype. <laughs> yeah, well, and it, well, ABBA is one of our favorite bands anyway. But yeah, Dancing Queen. So it's the um, lesbian and gay Big Apple core. uh as Tim said, because of the restrictions on travel and Macy's felt that they didn't want people from too far away, they finally got their shot. 
I, I like the comment where they said, here it is, for six sunny Saturdays in October and November, the members of the Big Apple Corps spaced themselves eight feet apart along the yellow lines of the parking spaces, covered the ends of their instruments with plastic and played. So you have to, that's the other thought that I, that crossed my mind here is, how do you even rehearse given all the restrictions? And we know that, you know, you can't be around airflow like that. So they did it outside. They had some lucky weather and they finally got to perform in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, right? Yeah. And they performed Dancing Queen. Dancing Queen, which, which is just hilarious. I, I remember what would you it. What would you have preferred them to have played? I mean, you know, like a John Philip Sousa march or something? Well, you know, that would be interesting, right? Um, <laughs> if they did something to that effect. But I, I just thought it would, well, you know, you're right. You're right. So why not Why not go full on and do Dancing Queen? I saw- they, they, couldn't do, they couldn't do Macho Man or YMCA. That seems to now be owned by... Um, the soon to be former tenant of the people's <laughs> house on Pennsylvania Avenue. So, which is even more hilarious when you think about it, but yeah, well, yeah. So I, I, um, and then some of the band members and other people on, on social media said they thought this was good because there will be families out there in middle America, probably watching this parade and they're going to see representation. We always said, whenever you could see positive representation of gay and lesbian people, it helps everybody. So. So it's a good thing. Yes, true. The uh, the second story, I I didn't know what I thought I found about this. One. You found <laughs> this, and I I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. And then I read the story, and I thought, probably not so cool, but I could understand. Well, here's the story: forced monkey labor claims prompt U.S. stores to pull Thai coconut milk. So large grocery chains across the U.S. have, um, due to some pressure from PETA, so some of the chains, including Costco, Walgreens, Wegmans, decided to pull Chakao. It's a brand of coconut milk, Thai coconut milk from Thailand, because PETA, the people for the ethical treatment of animals, said that they're using these monkeys that are terrified and abused to scurry up the trees and pull the coconuts off for the farmers. So instead of people picking the coconuts, they're capturing these monkeys and when they're young and ripping them from their families. And then in many cases, they feel they're being mistreated. And this company is, uh, they have over 800 farms or something, and uh, using the monkeys to harvest the coconuts. If they just use monkeys to harvest the coconuts, I thought that's pretty, pretty good. But if they are mistreating the animals, I don't agree with that either. So I do think in this case, it seems like PETA probably is doing the right thing by having a boycott of of this brand of of coconut milk. Yeah, this this at first I thought I, I had this illusion that the monkeys were actually enjoying this yeah. and working and working <laughs> in concert with the, the people that had the coconut farms. And it's like, you know, good morning, monkeys. Guess <laughs> what? We get, we get to climb trees and knock down coconuts. And then you realize that they're captured at birth. It's an open secret that monkey labor is used in Thailand. And then they show pictures of them with chains around their necks uh, or, or collars around their necks attached to chains. So, you know, they're not doing this of their free will. And, and they're very smart animals. I mean, come on, we're, they're only like a little bit below us. So once the bubble was pierced and I realized, no, this is not like some kind of magical rainbow place where it's like, morning, morning, monkeys, good morning, Sam, good morning, Brian, we're going to climb the tree. You know, it, it's they basically, you know, they, they force it's forced labor, but it's monkey forced labor, which is so weird, right? Yeah. And they said and, and that's where they said if they when they were pulled when they were young from their families and if they were. Um, if they disobeyed or they fought back, they had their teeth pulled and then they were used for the Thai, for Thailand's animal tourism industry. But there are so many countries that really do, um, well, they do abuse animals. And, and I thought the same thing you did. I thought, oh, these are happy monkeys. Run up and get a couple coconuts, come down, have a banana. But um, 
yeah, not the case. No. So, so be careful where you source your goods. It reminds me of, of child labor, right? You have to, yes, you have to make a stance and there's other brands you can buy that, uh, are not using monkeys to, uh, to get your food. This third story comes out of the UK, but I actually looked up the stats for the U S as well. And they are similar. And, uh, the headline is that married lesbian couples are significantly more likely to get divorced than gay men. I was shocked by this. And it goes through a, a bunch of data for England and Wales and talks about the divorce rate and how, how um, same-sex couples of men and women marry at about the same rate, but, the, um, but lesbians seem to divorce almost uh, twice as much. I don't know if I got the exact percentage right as, uh, as their male counterparts. Were you surprised by the story? Um, no, only because of the way they framed it. Remember at the very beginning or down here, they, they, they talked to a couple of people. One of them was Stonewall co-founder, and this is over in, in the UK, Lisa Power. Uh, and she had told the Economist magazine a number of, of, of time, months ago that, uh, the number of lesbian couples getting divorced might have something to do with the tendency to move very fast and quickly invest in relationship otherwise known as U-Hauling. Now, <laughs> it might have been anecdotal, it might have been a joke or something, but for years we've heard, even from our lesbian friends, that they are very quick, sometimes when they fall in love, they're very quick to, hey, let's set up house. And um, and that could be a reason. And, and the reason these couples are getting divorced is they use something called distress. Was there, I, was, I read that and I'm like, what is that all about? And at the very end, they said that's, also, that's adultery, domestic violence. It could be anything under causing someone distress. But no, so it wasn't so surprising. I'm glad you did the research for the US though. So, you know, you have a different um, population number in the UK we're dealing with. Was, this, was the stat similar? Yeah, so it said, so I looked up the divorce rate in the US and they said in the, U, in the United States, a 2% divorce rate for same-sex couples, which is actually the same as opposite-sex couples. Um, so they, they looked at all couples and saw what divorce rate was, and there was no difference. And they said, then they said, studies have shown that lesbian committed relationships don't last as long as their gay male committed relationships. And again, the other, one of the reasons they used here, which was also cited in this story in the U S was they also tend to believe, not tend to believe, but that it is in fact that, um, women will usually go into relationships at a younger age as well. So female couples will likely get married at a younger age than male couples. And so that they also think contributes to the fact that uh, they're more likely as people evolve and grow that they, uh, they grow apart and get divorced. But yeah, so I was, I was surprised by it. I was surprised by the story because I, I don't know. I don't think I know any lesbian couples that were married or divorced. I certainly know male couples. Maybe it's just, I know more men that are married. Mm. Do you know any, yeah, women, we do you know any women couples that are? We, we do, and they're not divorced, so that that's they're they're together. And, and actually, a lot of the couples that we know have been together long before marriage, which actually was actually um, legalized nationwide by the Supreme Court. So they already had a relationship that they viewed as marriage, you know, until it was official. And I only know a couple of uh, gay male couples who've married and divorced. Um, I hate to say it, but it was predictable. <laughs> <laughs> predictable no surprise <laughs> sometimes well you We're know surprised you got married right? <laughs> that, that, well that's what some of the friends would say like well i'm glad i'm surprised it lasted this long <laughs> but yeah you're right i'm looking at the stats here and it's such a fascinating thing that it's it's a mirror of straight couples you know the 56 percent right. of same-sex marriages um 
And among those, three quarters of the that of that fifty six percent were fa- female couples that divorced. So it's a fascinating thing. Yep. Not a bad article. I liked it. So those are our stories this week. We want to thank our friends at Critics Choice Video. It's America's classic movie and TV authority since nineteen eighty seven. If you go to focusgroupradio.com, you can click on the Critics Choice Video logo and start shopping away. There's a number of sales going on, and uh, I clicked on TV comedy bestsellers. I don't know why I always fall to that, but that seems to be my (laughs) go-to. And I looked at a number of things there, and there's aside from some newer series, there's also some of the older series. And I was reading somewhere where everybody's talking about this time of year, more so than ever, people want to get into the whole rom-com thing, the romantic comedies. And um, and I was looking looking through to see what some of these TV shows that that have that sort of bend to them. And surprising as I read through the list, I thought you know some old shows still hold up pretty well. And I think that's that's a credit to the great writing. You know whether it was a Green Acres or it's The Adams Family or I Love Lucy or Andy Griffith or some of these other shows. Um, if you do happen to to find them or get them or pop in the the, the DVD. You do find that the the writing is good and they've held up well. <laughs> I went in a totally different direction. I'm looking at the uh, the homepage for Critics Choice Video, and um, I see instantly a couple things that I would watch in a heartbeat. The original movie Murder on the Orient Express, great, amazing cast. They remade it recently, but the original is my favorite. And then I my eye wandered to the best little whorehouse in Texas, starring, starring oh, Dolly gosh. Parton and Burt Reynolds. Do, have you seen that movie recently? I haven't seen it recently, but it's funny because I was looking at there was a, someone did a documentary about that bunny ranch in Nevada. Yes, and I, <laughs> and I clicked on it, and I thought maybe I'll get that, but I didn't. So the, there is a scene in the best little whorehouse in Texas where the football team's getting ready to go out to the bunny, <laughs> the, whatever the ranch is. And all these guys in a locker room are dancing and they're doing this, they're throwing their towels and, and, and none of them look like football players. Um, they all look like male dancers, right? And, and some are shirtless. There's some <laughs> nudity in it. And Bob and I saw this clip the other day and we were howling with laughter because he goes, that they're, none of them are straight. And they're all like, we're going to go to the girls. We're going to the girl. And, and we're like, what's going on? So I recommend, uh, the best little whorehouse in Texas at six ninety nine at Critics Choice video. Um, can't go wrong, really, and it's really it's Dolly Parton and Burt Reynolds. I mean, it's it's, a, it's not a, musical, a bad movie. Right? It's, it's, it's a, a musical. That's one to sit around with a, some friends at the holidays. You pop that in, invite people over, have a couple of drinks, and enjoy yourself. And you're off to the races. To the yes. Race. So, uh, a big thanks to Critics Choice Video, America's classic movie and TV authority since 1987, for uh, being a partner of ours here on TFG Unbutton. Go to focusgroupradio.com and click on their logo to start shopping. Thank you all for uh, listening to us every week and for making time out of your day. And um, remember, the show Focus Group, The Focus Group, airs Wednesdays from 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, you can get that on YouTube or Facebook or when you're at focusgroupradio.com. All our media is housed there conveniently. So (laughs) we hope everybody has a really great week. Mask up, stay healthy, and we'll see you in the new one. It's the Focus Group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash. Available every Tuesday. Learn more about Tim and John, Unbuttoned, and all of the Focus Group platforms at focusgroupradio.com.